0: Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including gathering times and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by a guest speaker. Amen. Thank you, band, for leading us this morning. Hello to those of you on live stream. Um, I encourage you, if you're on, li- on live stream, to go and grab an extra snack. And for those of you who miss fruit snacks on the way in, they're still out there, okay? They're on the tables waiting for you. Hey, we are in our series for family gathers that we call the Family Table. We're having conversations of timeless truths. Or in other words, we're learning about biblical truths that can last in any age or stage. Before we get too far, if we've never met, my name is Katie Lander, I'm the middle school pastor here at Salem Alliance, where are my middle school people at? Okay, I think they're still waking up, because they have a lot more energy than that, and I know that for a fact, okay? Uh, one thing that I want you to know about me before we get going too far is that I'm a very competitive person, okay? Competition runs deep in my veins, and it's not just a character trait I was born with. It was instilled in me by my parents, okay? Here's some pictures of my family growing up. Look at that flashback, okay? I don't show pictures like this to my students. They think I'm old because I have Facebook, okay? This makes me really old to them. Uh, But there we are, you can tell that I'm the baby of the family, which gives me even more things I need to prove in my life, okay? So competition runs deep in my veins. Growing up, my dad was actually one of the pastors at the church that we were attending, and he had this amazing ability on Sundays to find Bible verses faster than anybody I knew, okay? I'm not kidding, it was like his superpower The preacher would say, hey, this is the verse we're going to be focused on today, and he would flip, 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 and boom. Right? Well, again, that competitive nature that's in me, I would play a game every Sunday, and what I would do is the pastor would say, hey, here's the verse, and I'd watch my dad flip, 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 boom, and I'd look around at my friends and be like, your parents haven't found it yet? Nice. You can't even find it? You're looking at the table of contents. Now, mind you, I couldn't find Bible verses fast, it was just my dad, but still, that competitive nature was strong, so I decided today, we're going to follow that little vein, okay, we're going to have some competition, are you guys ready for it? By the way, this is what happens when they give the middle school pastor the mic, okay, we play games in church, okay, this is how it's going to work, you're going to work together as a family, someone, at least one person in your family, needs to have a real life Bible, okay? Now, here's the deal. Having the Bible app is cheating. Not cheating in life, but cheating in this game, okay? So if you forgot to bring a Bible, there should be a pew Bible in front of you. One person at least needs a Bible. If you came to church on your own today, um, if you're like me, I would say, perfect. No one to weigh me down. No one to hold me back, right? Or... You can be a better person than me and make friends with somebody around you and create your own team of your pew mates, okay? So again, every family needs a Bible. In a moment, I'm gonna count down from three and I'm gonna show the verse that we're focused on today. Whoever in your family, maybe it's all of you, maybe it's one of you, you're gonna flip, 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 flip. And when you find it, you're gonna yell out, boom, baby, okay? Now, we came to church to be competitive, Okay, we're here to beat our friends at this game. So there's no, boom baby, get out of here, okay? I want a loud, boom baby, we got it. Are we ready? Okay, get those Bibles ready. Here we go, on the count of three, ready? One, two, three, Romans 12, one through two. Come on, oh, I feel like that was cheating. (laughs) I'm hearing them, okay, good, good, good. This is good! Boom baby! I feel like... (laughs) feel like some people in the room are just saying boom baby for fun. Also, whoever was first, you have a spiritual gift, or you cheated. You didn't cheat, this is church. No one cheats in church, okay? Thank you for playing my game with me today. You're going to want to save that spot in your Bible because we will get to those verses in a little bit. Yes! Who was that? That was amazing. (laughs) Full confidence. I found it. It is near the back of the Bible, so I don't blame you at all. (laughs) Okay. I need to know who's with me. Who's a little bit competitive? Who has that competitive nature? Good, I'm not alone, okay? Now, this presented a lot in my life in the hobbies that I picked up. I picked up a lot of hobbies that I wasn't even, I didn't even have to be competitive with other people. Sometimes I was just competitive with myself, okay? So this is what I want you to do. I want you to think about a hobby that you have. What is a hobby? A hobby is anything that you love to do. It could be an indoor activity, outdoor activity, quilting, cooking, reading. Biking, basketball, bungee jumping, okay, anything. Now that you've got your hobby, I want you to turn to someone that maybe you don't know and I want you to share with them what your hobby is. We're making friends today, people, okay? With middle school pastor time, you're talking to strangers, okay? Three, two, one, go share with somebody what is your hobby? Okay. I love it. See, this is a problem. When you get people talking about things that they love, they kind of don't stop talking. So I am going to cut you off, okay? Here's the thing. When it comes to our hobbies, we have this strong desire in us. Maybe it's competition. Maybe it's just human nature. But we want to get better at the things that we love, right? We try new recipes. We try new tricks. We watch YouTube videos. We listen to the leaders in that field. So that way we can improve not only at our hobbies, but about other skills that we might have in our lives. My personal favorite favorite hobby, thank you for asking, um, is golf. Okay. Thank you. You will see from these photos that I have devoted a big chunk of my life to the game of golf. Okay. I started taking lessons when I was a little kid. I played in high school and college. And then I ended up coaching my college team once I had graduated. And so you see that there's this devotion, right? And I dedicated hours of my day to just devouring information about golf. What works for me, what doesn't, and then I was even crazy enough to turn around and coach those who came behind me. And that's kind of the idea that I'm hoping we walk out with today, is that in the midst of our hobbies and our jobs and school and relationships, that we would also remember to pick up some holy hobbies and dedicate some time back to the creator who gave us this gift of life to begin with. Now, what do I mean by holy hobbies? I mean practicing things that bring you closer to God. Although bungee jumping might make it feel like we're about to meet Jesus, okay? I'm talking about the things that actually remind us of who Jesus is in our lives and just how much he loves us. Holy hobbies are things that re- re- renew our minds and refresh our souls. Now, a big kid word for holy hobbies would be spiritual disciplines, Okay, and personally, I believe that in this fast-paced world, there's a version of success that we're all trying to live up to, right? Our world, our culture, even the enemy has ideas of what success look like. And we start to dedicate time in our day to conform to that image. And it's not a bad thing necessarily because a lot of people do. And in all all honesty, the people who do tend to receive a little bit more praise and attention than those who don't. But I'm encouraging us today that our spiritual disciplines, our holy hobbies, they produce a different form of success in our life. They produce a soul-healing, spirit-led result, which isn't always currency in our society, but it's still radically important to our relationship with Jesus. Now, hear me when I say this. We have not lost the ability to practice spiritual disciplines. What I think we've lost is our priority of spiritual disciplines. I think slowly but surely we've let, not, we've let our spiritual disciplines fall by the wayside of our lives because sometimes our society will say that those things are wasteful. But it's important for us to renew our minds and refresh our souls. So how do we do that? I love to tell my students, if you don't know what your next step is in life, or if you feel a little lost, turn to scripture. I think it's a great place to start. So open those Bibles back up to the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. That's what we're going to be focusing on today. Here we go. You can read along. This is what it says. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Stop there. Now, reading scripture sometimes for guidance can be a little bit tricky, right? We don't always use the same words or sentence structure that they used to in Bible times. So I love to encourage my students to ask one simple question after reading scripture, which is, what is this trying to tell me, (laughs) right? What is this trying to teach me today? Here are my thoughts. What I believe this passage is trying to tell us is because God transformed our lives with Jesus, we are now challenged to transform the way we live as a response to him. So how do we pick up that challenge? Well, let's unpack this verse by verse, okay? Romans 12.1 starts with a plea. It says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Paul, the guy who wrote this book of the Bible, okay, is begging not only his readers, but also us to devote our lives to Jesus, Devotion. That's what he's asking for. Now, that can seem like a lot, right? You're, I can already see some of your minds are turning like, okay, i got to devote every single second of my life, right? What would it look like if we just started with our devotional time? What would it look like if we just focused on setting aside time for just us and God? See, Matthew 6, says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. We are encouraged time and time again, it's not only this verse, but it's a lot of verses in the Bible, to seek God, to seek his wisdom, to seek his guidance. And you would think by 2022, we would have sought it out by now, but somehow we haven't done that, right? So here I am today, not to gift you with some big profound gift of spiritual disciplines, but to remind you us to seek. Seek after God. Seek after his will in your life. Think back to your hobby that we talked about at the beginning of the service, right? You set aside time to hone your skills for that. You practice new things. You listen to the people who know what they're talking about, right? So why don't we devote time in our lives and set aside time for our holy hobbies, And again, holy hobbies are those spiritual disciplines. What are the things that you're choosing to engage with so that way you can grow closer to God? You can renew your minds and refresh your souls. Here's a list of some spiritual disciplines, okay? These can be practiced both on your own as well as in community. But, and this is just a list of a few, not all of them, okay? They say meditation, prayer, fasting, fellowship, journaling, study, that's studying God's word, confession, solitude, gratitude, silence, Again, this is just a couple of ways that we can respond to the amazing things that Jesus is doing in our lives. Now, when you look at this list, you might have a couple of responses of your own. One, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, this is it. If I can do every single thing on this list, right, I will be the perfect Christian. My life will be good. God will answer all my prayers. I'll get to heaven. Boom. Done. Right? To you, I say, slow down. Okay? Okay. God is seeking relationship with you. Spiritual disciplines is not a list of religious to-dos. It's not a way to gain access to God or access to heaven. Jesus already did that for us, right? This is a way to respond to the gift that Jesus has given us. Now, some of you look at this list and you think, that sounds exhausting. I don't want to do any of those things. And just to let you know, I don't really want to do some of these either. Fasting, pass, okay? Journaling, I've tried. I've gone to the store a hundred times and bought brand new journals and they sit there empty all year. And then I go back to the store and buy another pretty new journal and it sits there empty because it's just not how I connect with the Lord. And let me tell you, if you know me, Solitude and silence, that's not gonna happen, <laughs> okay? I'm an extreme extrovert, if you can't tell already, okay? But here's the deal that's why some of these are called disciplines because it requires devotion. It requires you to intentionally set aside time in your life to grow closer to God. When I start to feel the to-do list of spiritual disciplines weigh down on me, or when I start to feel the exhaustion of spiritual disciplines, I'm reminded of this quote from C.S. Lewis. It's going to be up on the screen. It says this. You're not doing these things in order to be saved, but because he has already begun to save you already. Sorry. Not hoping to get to heaven as a reward for your actions, but inevitably wanting to act a certain way because a first faint gleam of heaven is already inside you. This isn't a to-do list, right? This isn't some religious thing that we have to enter into, otherwise we won't make it. These are all relationship builders between us and God. So we use these holy hobbies to devote time to Jesus and discern the things that he has planned for our lives. And as we do that, we start to feel this urge to make our devotional time more meaningful, right? It's more than just studying, but it's studying the words of God. It's more than just praying, but it's listening to the words God is speaking to you in your time of prayer, Now I want you to remember that this verse says, do not copy the customs of this world, right? Like I said at the beginning, every day we're slowly presented with this image that the world wants us to conform to. There are things designed for us to literally change our behavior, change the way that we live so that way we spend more money or we're more successful according to the world, right? And so if the if our culture wants us to devour these things, how do we make Make sure that we're renewing our minds for God. Well, I would say we need to devour God's word. We need to devour God's view of our world. Romans 12, 2 says, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. The renewal of your mind will not happen overnight, right? It's a process. It will take time because ultimately what you're doing is you're exchanging old for new. When you're renewing your mind, you're letting go of the world and you're picking up the kingdom. You're you're forgetting the way that you see the world and you're starting to remember the way that God sees the world. In our hobbies, we know that we weren't born professionals, right? Maybe there's a few people that are born prodigies in their hobby, but not pros. It takes time. You have to practice. You have to listen. You have to accept guidance, right? And if you really want to get good at something, you will devour that information daily to see change faster, And that's the challenge we have for us with our spiritual disciplines. We want to eat up all that time God has to offer so that way renewal and refreshing can take place daily. Now that we've devoted time and we've devoured the information, what do we do with all that, right? We've read the scripture, we prayed, we sat in silence, we meditated, we journaled, some of us, okay? What do we do with all that information? Well, I think our third step is to discern. See, Romans twelve two says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Another version of the same verse says, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and pleasing and perfect, As you spend time with God, it will not only be a blessing that's refreshing your soul, but you will start to recognize that in the renewal of your mind, you're able to discern or understand more of who God is and how he moves in your life. You will start to see the patterns that God takes not only in your life, but also through scripture. I have a story about this in my life, how I started to realize God was renewing my mind and how I was practicing discernment of how God moves in my life. See, a couple of years ago, I was in a season of being extremely close with God, probably the closest I've ever been with God. And at the same time, I had received news that I might not be able to have a baby. A pause. I was the kind of kid that if you asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up, I'd say, a mom. Katie, what do you want out of life? A baby. Okay? All I wanted in life was to be a mom. As a kid, I would dedicate my weekends to serving in the church nursery. Even on holidays, Good Fridays, Thanksgiving, whatever, I was there because I wanted to just hold the babies because they're so cute and sweet, right? So, As I received this news that having a baby might not be possible, that was heartbreaking and heavy and almost soul-crushing. But in my devotional time with God, I would ask questions like, why? Is there another way? Is there another doctor that I could go to, right? And here's what his response was. His response was silence. He was silent. There were no prophetic words, there were no god or God-on-the-move moments, it was just silence. And as I shared this with some of my friends and coworkers that God was being silent, they would meet me with comments like, well, K- Katie, you've got to pray more, you've got to seek counsel, you've got to read your Bible more, you've got to do more, and then God will start to speak to you. And that didn't sit right with me. I wasn't urgent, I wasn't nervous, I was sad. I was confused, but I wasn't worried. And here's why. Like I said, I was really close with God in that season. What I would do is I would take my lunch hour, and I called it my power hour of prayer because I'm a weirdo, okay? And I would do two things. I would read scripture and I would pray. That's the only two things that I would do for an hour. And during that power hour of prayer, in the season that I received the news I might not be able to have a baby, I'm reading in the book of Malachi, Why is Malachi encouraging when it comes to having a baby, right? Well, it's not, but here's what happened. I was able to discern and understand the way that God has moved in the past. See, Malachi is our last book of the Old Testament, which starts 400 years of God being silent before we receive the first scriptures of the New Testament. God had been silent before, but he was still faithful. God had gone quiet on his believers before, but he still followed through on his promises. So if God is quiet with me now, that's okay because he's still faithful and he was. Even though he was quiet, I still knew I was in the presence of the Lord during my holy hobbies, during my power hour of prayer. Even though he was silent, I still understood that God loved me no matter what and he was faithful. He did eventually speak, and then on top of it, he doubled down on his faithfulness, and my husband Jack and I were able to give birth to a beautiful baby boy a year and a half ago named Callahan Lee Lander, and he's amazing. He's kind of a menace to society, but he's still a gift from God, right? Yeah, no, seriously, God is good. When we practice our holy hobbies, we start to understand not only more of what God wants for us, but we understand more of who God is and the way that he moves in our lives. It's practicing discernment that will help you understand God's will for your life. But it doesn't end there, right? We devote, we devour, We discern, but Romans 12 keeps going. And if you follow the rest of Romans 12, there's some verses that talk about how as a church, we have been given spiritual gifts that are meant to be shared. We are meant to disciple the people that come after us. Like some of us turn around to be coaches and teachers and leaders in our hobby, we're encouraged to do the same thing in our spiritual practices. See, I believe that in your time alone with Jesus, he will sharpen and hone the spiritual gift that he has given you. And as you start to lay down the view of the world and pick up his view, right, he will show you what he's inviting you to go and do. which is lead other people closer to him. Now, kids, if you're under the age of 12, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand if you're under the age of 12. This is something that you guys are pros at. You are better than anybody else at being disciple makers, okay? Because you as kids have what the Bible calls childlike faith, and that's not a bad thing. You understand that without a shadow of a doubt, you are a child of God, and he loves you. And what's even more important is that you don't hide that from anybody, You have no shame, no nerves when it comes to telling your parents, well, you need to pray more and we need to go to church today, right? You guys are disciple makers because discipleship is all about leading people closer to Jesus. And that's what you as kids do better than anybody else. You have no shame. You have full understanding that you're a child of God, and you have a desire to go and share that with other people. So adults, anybody above the age of 12, okay, my encouragement to you is to look to our kids, because they're doing it, and they're killing it. They know what it's like to be a child of God and walk in the confidence that he gives us. To prove this point of just how much God wants us to not only spend time with him, but share him with the rest of the world, I actually want to invite up one of my students. Would you guys welcome up my student, Hadley? (laughs) Okay, so... Hadley is going into seventh grade at Howard Street, which is just down the road from here. And she's a huge piece of our church family here at Salem Alliance. You're very faithful to our middle school group, right? And she's going to share a little bit about her spiritual disciplines. Hadley, what are some spiritual disciplines you practice in your life? I pray every day and I go to church consistently. Okay, what does your prayer time look like? Sometimes I'm by myself and sometimes I'm with my mom. Yeah, do you pray over people or just for yourself? Sometimes, and sometimes just life. Yeah, that's good, that's really good. What have you learned about yourself or about God in your spiritual disciplines? I've learned that I can trust God with everything, and he provides in small ways and big ways. That's a timeless truth, take note, okay? What has he told you about you in your spiritual disciplines? That I'm a leader okay so how have those disciplines impacted your life knowing God provides for me it makes me want to share what he does and I could do that by serving in C2 this year awesome so you're going to serve in C2 but you've served somewhere else in the past I've served in C1 okay and you want to do what with your life you want to grow up to be what a pastor There it is, okay? Remember this face, she's gonna be leading you in seasons to come. Very good, give it up for Hadley, fantastic job. Understanding that God is refining our skills, renewing our minds and refreshing our souls so that way we can turn around and lead others to do the same is important. But I don't want you to think that Hadley and I are getting up here to impress you with our spiritual disciplines, okay? What we're hoping you will see is that God has begun to work in us and he can begin to work in you too if you give him the time. So, as we wrap up today, I want us to remember, devote Devour, discern, and disciple. This is our challenge. This is our response. This is how we give our lives as a living and holy sacrifice. Like I said earlier, spiritual disciplines can be done both on your own as well as in community. So we're actually going to practice this together today through our last worship song. I encourage you to devote this time to God. Devour the words of the songwriter and present them as a song of your heart through worship. And most importantly, start to discern the things that God is saying about you or about who he is. Let's worship together. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.